0: Good morning. Where can I move? Do I just stand in this area? I can walk around. Okay, I just got to check because I've, n- I've never preached with this sort of light thing here before. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's always interesting every time I speak because um, I just find it—it's uh, a humbling experience. I remember like um, a few years ago um, at my church, I was in the worship team. I used to play the guitar and we had these, um, our worship leader said um, one night, he said, we're going to just do this thing where we just confess our sins to one another. You know, if you, have, if you have a grievance against your brother or sister, this is a good time to go and just say what's on your heart. And um, I, always have, I would have a line of like seven people coming to talk to me. And it was all the same type of thing. And it was literally, uh, you know how you said that joke before? Yeah, that really that really hurt me. And I Just sort of let you know. And the next person, you know last week how you just said that side comment and it was just like a little, yeah, that really just, it just hurt me a little bit inside. And I just want to let you know. And then the next person, and I was just like, oh, man. So I started not looking forward to worship practice <laughs> just in case we had a, um, and it's so, and it's humbling because you think, I was terrible with my words. I wasn't good with my mouth. And you know, the Bible says you, you can speak life or death. Life or death is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit of it. And I just think, wow, look at who I am, look at who I was, that God would take this person who's terrible with their mouth and say, hey, I also want you to preach. Just like, wait, not me, God, like, I'm not the person to speak. I'm. You now I haven't had the best track record. But God does that, doesn't He? And it's so humbling because I think of Paul. And you think of his life as it, Saul. Like he, would, he was there where people were just literally killed in front of him for being Christians. He was the one to order it and stand by and go, yeah, yep, yeah, kill this person, stone him to death. Yep, yeah, it's a good thing. And then God would call him to actually, hey, now, now that you've done that, I also actually want you to go and make Christians. Like, I'm going to call you. And that's the weird, I guess, um, paradoxical nature of faith, isn't it? God will often call you into the very thing that you think you're not good at, that you're terrible at, and I can't speak properly. I shouldn't share my faith, or I don't know the Bible very well. I'm not the one to. And so um, thank you that you would even invite me back. This is my third time speaking to you. I don't know if you know this. I came many years ago. And then I didn't hear from Pastor Joe for a while, so I think, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, well, it's not my church. <laughs> and then and then he asked me to do the video, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll do the video. Um, they can edit. That's the, good, the beautiful thing about video, you can edit stuff. Because I, I remember um, editing all my videos, and I, and I was thinking, I'm always editing out a lot of ums. So if you listen to me today, you'll probably count a lot of ums. Um, Hopefully that's not the thing what you listen to. But um, I'm going to speak from John chapter 15 today. And I just have a couple of thoughts on my heart that I want to share with you. And so if you have your Bible in front of you, John chapter 15, says this, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away in wizards. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burn. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my command, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Let me just pray. Lord Jesus, I just give you the praise. You're so good. We love you, God. We are grateful that you would even just call us into your family into your community, into your church. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us to count each day to make the most of it. And we thank you for your forgiveness, Lord, that you, you would cleanse us and purify us. And I just pray that this morning, God, we will just learn to love you a little bit more, and even as we do that, that we would love each other more. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so um <coughs> this, is, I guess, this message or the thought that's been going on my heart for a few weeks now. And if you've um, been in church for a while, you may remember the song. Uh, if, if you hear the song, it says, um, There's a river of life flowing out of me. Does anyone know this one? It? There's a river of life flowing out of You guys know this one? It makes the lane to walk and the blind to see. And then he goes, open up the gates, set the captive free. And then he goes, there's a river of life flowing out of me. When I was a young boy, thank <laughs> <laughs> you. when I was a young boy, we used to sing this song. At Sunday school, we'd sing it in, in church. My mom used to play the guitar and she would sing it. We would all play guitar and we'd sing along the song. And I remember singing this song. And I always just thought it was like a cute kind of like a metaphor. You know, like that's the kind of just like it's a conceptual thing. It's just but as I've grown older and just more recently, I just thought about that song. It's just come back to me. There's a river of life flowing out of me. And I've I've come to realize that this is actually a real pivotal truth, that there is a river of life that flows out of each one of us. And that river of life, is not something that I've built up. It's not something that I've um, prepared because I've been doing good with my faith. It's the river of life because I'm connected to Jesus. He is the true vine. And if He's the vine and I'm one of the branches, then if you know about a little bit about trees, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but you know, the nutrients come up from the roots, it goes through the vine, and then it spreads out finally to the branches. And those branches will bear fruit. And so think of it like this it's between my arm is a vine the true vine, Jesus, and then we are just one of the branches. And so in order for the branch to bear fruit, nutrients has to flow from somewhere. And the nutrients flows from the true vine out of the life of Jesus into us. There is a river of life that is flowing out of each one of us. Do you guys see that concept? And so when Jesus says, I'm the true vine... And my father is the garden. He cuts off every branch of me that does not bear fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will become even more fruitful. It's not just a cute song. And so I was just thinking, Wow, there's a river of love. You know, I've been getting into running. For the last two years of COVID, I started running. Um, Because all the gyms shut, so I couldn't go to the gym. So I just started doing running. And more recently, I've just found myself running along. There's a river of love. Just, you know. Just thinking about it and just going over it in my mind thinking, there is a river of life that flows out of me. And I can, I can wherever I go, whoever I meet, there's a potential for me to be a blessing in that place, to flow out. Not, and it's not just something, And I, I, just, I can't stress this enough, it's not something I've done. It's just God. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I've gone to a, um, a conference and uh, the, the preacher laid his hand on me and now I've got this special power it's like, no, it's just Jesus. It's really simple. You love the Lord. You give him your heart. And now you have access to this river, and it flows out of you. And you ask yourself, okay, how can I, how can I let that river flow? And I think sometimes, um, sometimes we're just a little bit too reliant on our own works that we don't think about, no, there is a river of life that's flowing out of me, and it's not reliant on whether I'm being in a good place or a bad place. It's simply reliant on the vine. And the vine is Jesus. And if I'm connected to him at all times and all stages, and all circumstances, no matter what's happening, I have access to a river of life. And so where I go, I can bring that life to people. I can be a blessing. I can bring a blessing. And so um, that's my first kind of major point, just understanding that there's a river of life flowing out of me. And that's because I'm connected to the true vine, Jesus Christ. Um, And so I had a couple of thoughts about how we keep that River flowing, do you know what I mean? And the first one is just um, strip off everything that hinders. If you think of Hebrews chapter 12, what does it say? For we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Therefore, strip off everything that hinders us and and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance, the race. The idea is like, okay, you're about to go for a race. Get rid of that, get rid of that. All you need is your running shoes, your T-shirt and shorts, that's it, let's go. And so, is there anything holding you back from letting that river of life flow out? Think about that. Is there something that maybe is hindering me from letting that river of life flow out? Have I put something in the place that's basically saying, no, let's block up the river because I don't want that to flow. When I was, um, a few years ago, when I first spoke, a lady called Mary Medcalf this is at Pastor Rogers Church, um, a lady called Mary Medcalf was the youth leader. And she said to me, Henry, would you speak tonight at youth? And I went, Because oh. I've been in church for a long time. I've, You know, I kind of know what you could say and kind of put together something from some type of verse, you know, just come up with an idea. So I was like, ah, oh. And I didn't want to, you know. No one want, ever really wants to. Be careful of the ones that really want to. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, Mary, just because I'll do it for you, Mary, because she's a lovely lady and, she's, you know, she's given me so many things. She's really blessed blessing to be around so I just felt like I kind of had to say yes I said yes and I spoke at youth and she said to me afterwards, she's like wow that was amazing you're really good you could connect to the youth so well I was like I think it's because I'm immature I just I feel like I am a youth (laughs) and she's like oh you, you should speak and you know the worst thing was that same night I was giving $20 to one of the youth to go and buy marijuana for me that night after youth I had a kid there his name was Robert Johnson and so here I was I was preaching And at the same time, I'm going to give $20 to one of the kids later off to go buy marijuana for me because I'm going to get stoned and get high. And it's just like, she's telling me after this, and I'm just thinking, I'm a bad person. (laughs) This is not right. This is very hypocritical. Like, I shouldn't do this, you know. But at the same time, this is weird. I really felt like God was with me and wanted me to share. And it's just weird. This is what I'm saying, like, this the humbling aspect of ministry. that like, why would God use me? I'm just such a bad person. But I ended up, she said, can you speak next week? And I said, I said, oh, yeah, okay. And then I came to her, I think on the Thursday night before Friday, and said, Mary, I can't speak. I can't do it. And essentially, I felt like there was a river of life that was flowing out of me, and instead of saying, you know what, I need to stop doing what I'm doing, this is a bad thing. It, you just stop smoking weed. Like, that's a basic no brainer, right? <laughs> that's a bad idea for your faith. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I, instead of saying no, and like, I'm going to walk the path of light. I'm going to, this is something God, I feel God's calling me into because I felt it. Instead of going where God was kind of leading me and letting that river kind of just come out, I was like, no, nah, let's just chuck it through rocks here because I want to get high. And I decided. I, you know, I kind of walked away from where what God was taking me, and this, and I feel like sometimes um, that's a real, that's a basic, I guess, um, a real obvious hindrance. But for me, it's like maybe there's a hindrance that you might have that kind of you stop yourself from letting the river flow. Maybe you're like a shy person. You're like, oh, I'm a bit shy. I don't really, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not an extrovert. I can't share my faith. I was very shy too. This is weird. I was a very shy person. I would always put my head down. I didn't want to talk to people. I felt inferior because of my skin color. Be- being a brown person, I just felt like, you know, like white people were superior to me and that I didn't want to talk. And so I was always this sort of person, nervous. And but it's weird when you give your life to God, what he, will do what he can do for you, how he'll change you. And so um, strip off everything that hinders you. I should have taken that opportunity to strip off and strip away this this drug addiction, you could call it. But instead of going where God was kind of showing me this possibility, I decided to, like, no, I'm just going to keep it here. I'm not going to strip it away. I'm not going to let this thing hinder, um, you know. So what could be a hindrance for you? I don't know. Could be a me- Sometimes it can be Christian things can be a hindrance. Isn't that weird? Sometimes you're like, oh, I can't. I've got a Bible study going on. I can't, you know, I can't go out to street evangelism. I don't know. It could be something. It could be anything. Anything could be a hindrance, and we don't know. That's why you have to stay in connection with the vine. Because if you just copy other people, you might end up doing good things. That's actually a hindrance. So that's uh, just a question, a challenge, I guess, for each one of us in this room. Could there be something hindering me? It could be a game, gaming. Now, I used to play games, it. Right? I could, uh, you know, I would be like at school and I can't, sit st- I can't listen to the teacher in maths for an hour. If I play a video game, I could stay up to the boots so the daylight. It's like, my concentration's on point. You know what I mean? I could just shoot people all day and all night long. <laughs> but if I'm in maths, I can't, no, I'm tired. I can't concentrate. I, can't, I don't have that ability. It's like, yeah, you do. You just can't. <laughs> you do have the ability. You're not disciplined. Um, <laughs> so... And this this is a cool thing, stepping out. I think stepping out helps that river to flow. Stepping out in faith, taking that opportunity to, and we had some great testimonies this morning, didn't we? You know, you just go to share your faith. And I, I just think one of the biggest contributing factors to my faith growing is this area where you step out into the unknown. You take a risk. You take a chance. You share your faith. You speak it church you run the bible study you lead when the pastor says yes i remember i remember pastor roger um he's a real good guy for like asking you to do things that you don't want to (laughs) do and i just remember one season of my life i'm I'm just going to say yes every time it's going to say yes every time he tells me to do henry can you um run a study on Ephesians? yes have i ever done it no have i been to bible college no i just did it i just said yes to everything and I think one, that's one of the biggest keys in faith and, and letting that river flow out of you is that the river will flow if you're willing to go where it goes. But if you're just like, no, nah, I can't do this, or you're a little bit quiet, or, you know, if you if you limit yourself by your own human understandings of your abilities, then you ca- you're not going to grow. It's hard to be fruitful because you're waiting for, um, I guess you're, you're waiting to be skilled in an area where God like, I want you because you're unskilled. Because if you do it, you remember that story, um, Gideon, in the Bible. What did God tell him to do? He basically told him to cut his army down because he didn't want. He wanted to make sure Gideon knows this is me doing this. This is not you, Gideon. So I want you to get rid of your whole army basically till there's 300 left because then you will know that God did this today. It wasn't you. And sometimes it's a little bit like our faith. God asks us to do something. You're just like, oh. I can't do that. I love, um, has anyone ever heard of this guy called um, Hudson Taylor? He was a, he was a missionary in, in China, actually, I think. Um, I read his book, The Spiritual Life of Hudson Taylor. He said this awesome quote. He said, when God does a great work in your life, there are three stages. There's the impossible stage, the hard stage, and, and there's finished stage. <laughs> I was like, wait, where's the easy stage, God? Where's the comfort zone? Where's the relax? And when God does a hard work, a really great work, it often feels like when, you know, we're often looking for the, the cruisy, chill out, can I slowly learn stage? God's like, no, 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 just jump in there. So step out. I want to encourage you to step out. Um, and one of the things I think helped me for stepping out is the understanding, this is a bit funny, the understanding that God loves you so much, which is a great, you know, I think we all know that. It's like, oh, God, the preacher told me God loves me today. Oh, well done. <laughs> you know, God loves you. But... One of my favorite verses is, if your son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a snake? If you then know you are worldly, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father who loves you give you good things? And I just remember, because I've only been a father for four years, but I remember reading that again as a father and realizing, wow, because I know my, I've know got my son, Asher, out the back. He's four. All I want to do is give him the best life possible. I want to give him everything. You know what I mean? I love him so much that all of, the best thing I want to do for him is give him a great life. I want him to have everything. You know, I want him to be blessed. And God's saying to me, Henry, you love your own son that much, how much, and you're an earthly, worldly person, man. How much more do you think I love you, Henry? And I remember just thinking, wow. God loves me that much. And so that realization of how much he loves me helps me to step out because I'm like, relax, God loves me. It's okay. I can take a risk because God loves me. He's going to take care of me. I know he's going to take care of me because my son, I'm going to take care of him. If something goes wrong in his life, I'm going to be there to look after him. I'm going to be there to pick up the pieces. I'm going to be there to talk to him. You know what I mean? And so it's exactly like that with God. Except God's (laughs) <laughs> he's far better than me he's way better at being a parent than I ever will be and so I think that understanding that realisation of how much God really loves me as a person helps me to step out more and it makes it easier you, you know I, I was talking before about gaming it's funny how when you're doing something you like you can give so much energy to it like I like mowing the lawns I don't know it's just a weird thing right I just get out there and I'm just like pumped. I'm just mowing the lawns. Come inside. Can you do the dishes? Just don't have the energy to do dishes, but when I mow the lawn, I'm out there. I'm energized. I'm ready to roll. You you know what I mean? I want to get out my afterwards and I look at the grass. Oh, This is weird. I'll go out there and just look at the grass. I will look at the grass and I can look at the grass, I kid you not, for 10 minutes and just think about how it's growing. My wife, asked my wife after this. She was like, okay, the grass is watered. No, 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 I just need to check. She's like, it's about to rain. Why are you watering the grass? I was like, you know. And so it's funny when you like something, how much energy you can give to it. And I think when you understand how much God loves you, it's like he gives you this energy to enjoy what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're operating out of an intrinsic motivation where God has filled your life with this river of life. You're allowing it to flow. You're stripping off things that hinder you. And now you're stepping out. And it becomes an enjoyable thing to step out. I remember I used to be so nervous sharing my faith to random people. And then it'd come to a phase one day where people would ask me at work, um, oh, you got, you driving the church bus, mate. And I was working work in um, laboring jobs. Said, yeah, mate, that's me. Do you want me to talk to you about Jesus? Because once I start, it's going to be a long time, and I'm going to go for it. And then he'll be like, uh, no, it's okay. I was like, all right. Like, I just got to the point where I'm, like, sick of it. <laughs> I'm, sick of, I'm more sick of telling people about God because I'm like, you don't, you're not really. You just want to, like, kind of talk about it, but do you really want to talk about it? Are you going to let me pray for you in front of everyone? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to get involved in this. Um, and so step out. Step out. I always think of it like stepping out, like bringing my two pennies. You know the story in, in the Bible where the lady, the widow who brought two, her two mites or her two coins. And the, the story goes like this. Jesus sits down opposite where people are giving money in the temple, and he watches people giving money. And the rich people come up, and they're giving a lot of money, and the disciples are like, wow, look, they're giving a lot of money. And then Jesus calls his disciples. He says, hey, hey, come, come, come. Look at this widow. She gave she is given the most today. For everyone else gave out of their abundance, but she gave out of her poverty. She didn't have much, but she bought her two pennies. And I think often I feel like when you step out you feel like that widow. I don't have much. But if you bring what you don't have much of, that is what you that is how that is how you step out. You just bring your two pennies. It might not be much you might not be a great singer. You might not be a really good at knowing the Bible, but just be like that widow who unashamedly brought her two little pennies and put them in that bucket that day. And Jesus took notice of that, lady. You know, someone once said generosity is measured by how much you have left. It's not how much you give it's how much you have left. That's, where you, that's how you measure how generous you are. And so I always think in my mind, okay, if I'm not good at something, I just like, okay, two pennies, two pennies. I don't have much, but I've got these two pennies here. I'm just going to give it. Yeah, and the, the cool thing about that story is there's no real um, recording of whether she was noticed. You know, it doesn't say Jesus went up to her and say, hey, you've done the two pennies, well done. She, she, Maybe we'll get to the other side and we'll be able to go, hey, are you the lady with the two pennies? Did you know Jesus was watching you that day? No, I didn't. You know, sometimes the things that we do for God, we don't really, you know, no one's going to come and recognize you. No one's coming up to tap you on the shoulder and go, great work. All you have is two pennies. You put it in the bucket and you you just hope God's going to do something with it. And often, honestly, man, I just feel like that's like a a story of a lot of my stepping out. The first time I spoke at a high school, I didn't even know what the heck am I saying. I don't even know how to share my testimony. What do you say? Just make it up. But just be like, okay, I don't have much, but I have this and this is what I will bring. And say, so I want to encourage you to step out. Whether you're stepping out because um, you feel like this is an area God's drawing or stepping out if, because you don't feel like you're good at it. But step out. Bring two pennies to the, to the table. I mean, I guarantee if you say to Pastor Joe, hey, Joe, is there anything I could do? You'd probably come up with something. You know? So bring your two pennies. And then just the last point, as I wrap up, Anyone say amen? <laughs> um, in between fruit and more fruitfulness, there's always a knife. In between fruit and more fruitfulness, there's always a knife. Jesus said, it, you know, he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he will prune so that it will become even more fruitful. Sometimes I think, you know, we're, when we're wanting our life to get to this spiritual level where, wow, well, I'm just on fire forever now. Like nothing bad's coming my way, everything's easy. I'm just like I'm just going for it. It's like no. Sometimes, in fact, most often I've found in my life that going to another level often is, feels like a knife. Something's been cut away. Something's been pruned off my life, and that will bear more fruit in the end. But at the moment, in, in the in the phase where the pruning is happening, you don't feel that great. You're like God. Where are you? What's happening? I don't feel like your presence anymore. But sometimes that's actually right where you should be because from this pruning, it's going to become even more fruitfulness, a tree, you know. Um, So in between fruit and more fruit, um, there's always a knife. I was thinking of that um, marriage thing up there, you know, marriage prep. And I I was talking to Pastor Joe this morning and I said, I remember this quote, marriage is a death march to a life camp. <laughs> Sometimes it's like I don't want to make the bed. I don't want to ask you if you want a coffee first. I don't want to uh, open the windows. I don't want to put the toilet seat. Up. I don't want to do. You know, there's so many things. You just like I can't. I <laughs> this is not me. But you learn. I remember when I first got married. Man, I just felt so selfish. Like I'm so selfish. I can't stand doing this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. She wants to do this. I don't make the bed in the mornings. I just when I was single, I just get out of bed and just leave it like that. That's it. It's good enough. You know. But when I got married, she likes to clean the bed every morning straight away, and we need 20 pillows on there. <laughs> you know? What I mean? Why do we need? I don't know. I only use one when I sleep. I just, that's it. But you, you know, you quickly figure out that you have to learn how to be selfless and to sacrifice for the other person. And it's funny. I just thought, "Man, I'm so selfish. Marriage is, you know, I've got to learn how to love on another level when the feelings are not there." And then I had kids, and I was like, "Oh man, I really am selfish. <laughs> kids is like another level. It's like you don't sleep for the first two years. Well, in my house, you know, like I've got a mattress in my son's room right now. That's where we now have to go in there when he's scared at night, and I have to stay and sleep on that mattress. And so, a lot of things that we do, we understand it." there's some hard things we go through in the current stage uh, in order to bear fruit later on. And you think about it like that is what God does. He's a good father. He's not going to give you, you know, these huge blessings now. He might say the blessing's coming later, but I need you to pass these few things. It's like my children. Some of the greatest thing I can say to them sometimes and often is the word no. No, you can't have that. You're not having ice cream before bed. I'm sorry. What am I doing? Am I being a bad dad? No, I'm actually being a good dad. I'm, saying, I'm teaching you that you don't have sugar because you're going to stay up late, and if you stay up late, then you're not going to sleep well, and tomorrow you're going to be all cranky, and then visitors are coming over, and then you're going to have a big hissy-fit and tantrum, you know, the flow on the flow on the flow on. And so you realize as a father that there's a lot of times where I cut away things from my children's lives because later it will bear better fruit. It's like going to school. Sit down, do your homework. Listen to the teacher. Do what they tell you to do. I know it's boring. I know you don't like that class. Just do what you're told. Why? Because hopefully later, that good education will give them a better potential to earn more of an income. And that income will be a better blessing to you than if you're poor. You know what I mean? You can do more things if you have a greater income. Now, it's not all about money, but you guys see what I'm saying. And so spiritually, it's like that with God. God will tell you to do things that don't feel that great all the time. He will cut things from your life that you thought, oh, but God, she was going to be the one. I was going to really marry her. She, you know, It's like, no, nah, she's the wrong one. This is the one. And you just don't, you never know. So don't be afraid of hard things in your faith. You know, what's the passage say? Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. That's what Jesus taught. There's this concept in faith that, Life comes out of death. That if you, if you think your faith is all about feeling good and good times, and I really love the church because they have this and that, it's like, no, sometimes you just got to learn to grind. you got to learn to ride through the hard seasons, and good things are on their way, but it might not be today. And it's so, it's so true with God, because something, you know, a lot of things that will later be a blessing to you can be a curse if you get it too soon. You think about it like if I gave um, a razor blade to my child. He's just going to put it in his mouth. Later on, it's going to be good because he'll learn how to shave his beard. But too soon, it's a curse. Later on, it's a blessing. And so often God is like that. He's watching our lives, and he loves us so much. And he loves us so much that he will say no, and he will prune, and he will cut. And and you might feel sad, and you might get all in your feelings and think, Oh, God's not here, and God doesn't... This is the wrong church for me because this person is like, you know, there can be a number of things. But I don't want to encourage you that you might actually be right where God wants you to be. Don't be afraid of hard things. Embrace the knife. And so um, can I just leave you with a, f- a few questions, challenges to ponder? Is there something that may be hindering you today is that you maybe need to strip off from letting that river flow? Are you bringing your two pennies to this community? Maybe you feel like, oh, man, I'm not really anything great. You're right where you need to be. It's time to bring those two pennies to the table. Bring those two pennies to this community, to, to the Lord. Allow Him to use you. And um. <coughs> and I just want to leave you with that thought that there is a river of life flowing out of you It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. So go into, let's go into our community with that mentality and go, man, I want to be a blessing wherever I go because it's not dependent on me. It's dependent on the vine, Jesus. So thank you, guys.